0: This is Eric Roland, voice of Kendo Rappa on My Hero Academia and host of the Tough Love Podcast. You're listening to Still Toking With on the Dorkening Podcast Network.
1: Hey, hey, happy Wednesday, everybody. You're watching Still Token With. My name is Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard here. We have an awesome show scheduled for you. And uh, as always, uh, Mr. Benjamin, how's it going? Bravo, bravo. Oh. You didn't screw up anything in the intro, bro. Nothing. I am so proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
2: So, no, man, I'm uh, really psyched about tonight's show. Uh, We met this gentleman a couple months ago at a con in Vermont. Just a really, really cool dude, man. He's done a lot of awesome stuff. So I'm just going to say, you feel me? Oh, by the way, Jaja, you're introducing the guest.
3: (laughs) Oh, son of a... (laughs) (laughs) all right all right hey it's wednesday night i almost said it was tuesday it's wednesday night and we're on still token with and we're with actor voiceover actor uh narrator um extraordinaire eric roland did i say your last name right
0: yeah, uh, Roland or Roland. I think officially it's supposed to have like an accent over the final O. So it's like Roland. Um, that's for all my folks who still live back in Puerto Rico. Right. <laughs> I will now say Roland. <laughs> Roland. La like Cantona Bandares. Yeah,
2: like Yeah, it's going to be one of those shows, folks.
0: Oh, uh, he's
3: also got a bunch of, uh, uh, as I was looking at his resume, he's got uh, a ton of different accents he does scottish british cockney russian australian
0: Irish, wait,
3: wait 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 he Spanish. does
1: what cockney get you your know, mind
0: out of the gutter cockney <laughs> accent yeah everything with that's the if it's got a T, H, so it's a whiff so it's like free. um 3 30 in the afternoon um, drops right into everything it. with an a if it's baseball it's baseball it's it face oh i love right in It's face
3: we it takes me 10 minutes to get warmed up on a voice before i can even start i'm like
0: i had to get good at accents um because like, you, you just mentioned uh, my wife and i we both have been doing audio books now uh about seven years and the majority of what we do audiobook wise is uh, romance novel audiobooks. And you guys have heard of like harem anime where it's like one dude and six very voluptuous chicks and they're all oh, yeah. trying to get for him. Mm-hmm. Um, same, same as that concept, only it's reversed for a girl. And usually it's like nine suitors and they want a different accent for every single person. So it's British received, it's Cockney, it's Scottish. Um, there's like usually there's a a token romanian inside there somewhere there's a spanish <laughs> guy so i feel like i'm by the time you i'm done with have a latin session,
3: lover yeah yes
0: is a <laughs> latin lover always thrown inside there really as uh, just a cherry on top of the cake but i feel like i've got schizophrenia by the time i'm done with the session i was just
2: gonna say how many different personalities do you have going <laughs> on that head of yours
0: <laughs> it's very 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 noisy up That's in here freaking
3: cool though
0: like do they, do I, they I ever fight that. Uh, mm. oh yeah dude we're at constant war with ourselves it's like <laughs> we're not always united but we try we try all
3: right i'm gonna start with my first question because everybody always asks oh how do i get into voice acting how do i like and i've found that there's really no real answer for that because everybody seems to get into voice acting their own like different way nobody falls in like uh Caitlin Glass that I met over uh, last spring she got in just by she took a tour of one of the, the places and they were like hey you want to do some voices and like boom she was in is I'm there like, a question in there yeah the question oh, is how curious. did you get started
0: so let's see um...
3: I could go on for hours hold on <laughs>
0: um so the way I got started in voiceover specifically was um I guess this is going back like I guess way back to when I was in college my buddy and I were sitting there and we were watching we were both art students and he was in time arts
3: you look like you're 26 what do you mean way back to when you were in college
0: uh, awesome the the nightly skin treatments are working (laughs) that's the blood of my enemies that I guess I bathe in um (laughs) No, we're we're sitting there doing homework and I was an illustration major. He was in Time Art, so he was working on probably like an animation or something. And we had Cowboy Bebop playing in the background. Awesome show. If you know, I'm sure you guys have all seen it. Yes. But if you haven't, it's fantastic. And I remember listening to Steve Bloom. Um, his character, he had just had like this mini monologue and He's, he's got that deep voice like this is that four pack a day voice, but the way he delivers his lines, everything is just, it's perfect. I looked up and I was like, I'm going to do that one day. That's what I want to do with my life. That will be fantastic. And it set me off on a road, um, to go and seek out my first agency in Chicago. And I kind of ping ponged around there for a little bit. Um, I was with a place called DeSanti talent, which they catered specifically to Latin, uh, talent had a lot of commercial and uh, modeling spots. But one thing led to another. I did an internship at Disney World uh, working in uh, uh, like the characters and parades over there
1: Not Came
0: uh, to Nashville. And really, I wanted to do um, both screen acting and um, audio, but I fell in love with voiceover. Ended up meeting my wife there. It turned out that she was also very, very interested in doing acting as well, but she didn't kind of really know where to get started. And I've been now in the professional acting circuit for like like six years at this point when I met her. And I said, Well, um, what do you want to know? And she said, Well, specifically, I want to learn voiceover because um, some friends of mine who are in the industry, which uh, come to find out, Eric Stewart was a close friend of hers. He plays Seto Kaiba in Yu Gi Oh! Uh, he also plays uh, Brock in the Pokemon series. Um, he had been telling her, You know, if you want to get started, there's some places out there where you can secure audiobook work. And while it's not the most glamorous thing in the world, it'll keep food on the table and keep the lights on. Oh,
3: and, true,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got together. I helped to create what's called a porta booth. So, I actually got one sitting right here. I can show you guys. Um, It's made out of essentially a Rubbermaid tub. The inside is coated with acoustic foam and then the outside is coated with a spray on rubber. So it cuts down a reverb, but you nestle your mic inside there and it's like a recording capsule. And so I set her up with one of those. And now me struggling artist at this point, I'm having to fight and scratch and claw for everything I get. She gets set up on this website called ACX, which is um, an audible exchange. It's done by uh, amazon and it's a way for like indie authors to get their books published in audio it's kind of like you create a facebook profile hey here's my book everybody i'll take any and all auditions and then you as an actor you can go and audition send your cover letter and then they can let you know hey i love your voice or you know what not quite what i was looking for either way you hear back she goes right the first week and hits five projects back to back to back and (laughs) i'm like what the heck i'm I'm barely booking a gig every three maybe six months here and you just nailed five back to back to back it was such an influx um and such a high degree of work that she had to quit her job and go full time on that well as a result she needed somebody who could engineer for her and i'm pretty good at engineering audio so i pushed all in. we both pushed all in together we were in Nashville for like the next six months, got hitched, and we moved straight to Texas. And so pretty much she kind of force kicked us both in to doing full-time audio work in the form of doing um voiceover for for books. That's cool though.
3: Like that's really cool. that she the woman there is is totally like was like starving actor. Ha ha ha. Let me fix this. Oh
0: my gosh.
3: <laughs> he, Dude, he, was he
2: was totally like, marry me, please. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think I probably I think I proposed to her after like four months of knowing her like I mean you know when you know you're not know. oh, yeah right right but it it really helped also that she was wicked talented like she's um uh, she's a first soprano and she can sing like every single song inside Phantom of the Opera all those crazy high notes like she can shatter glass she's amazing uh, um, but you add acting in there too plus she gives as good as she gets like when it comes to teasing each other and razzing each other nice. just my ideal gal
3: Fantastic, wow. man. Once right. in a lifetime.
0: Right. Yeah. So
2: can, can we bring her on and you can just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll <laughs> <out of here. laughs> just gonna sit in the corner for a minute or two. No, yeah, no, right. Oh, no,
0: she's, I think she's giving the little one right now. I got a. I got a two year old son. She's probably giving him a bath and getting ready for bed. um But I digress. Just one. Yeah. We just have one. Just uh-huh. one presently. How do you guys
3: though, balance time?
0: Man, it is, it, it is a, a bit of a struggle sometimes because, um, I work three jobs essentially. I do the audiobooks, I work uh, full-time at Harbor Freight and then I have my own YouTube channel. Um, and she can really only ever record if I'm, if I'm not home. So she, you're doing
3: the real hustle, man,
0: dude, it's I'm trying, uh, name of the game is paying off student loan debt. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the big thing. Cause she went for a master's. I went for my, um, for my bachelor's and combined, I think we had like like a little over 112,000 in student loan debt. Mm, wow. Yeah. So try We're trying to do that. Dave Ramsey debt snowball and you, you mm-hmm. fall off the wagon every now and then when you see that shiny thing that you want, Oh yeah. Yeah. Get right back on. Um,
3: Leo will ask you about that shiny thing later.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, but what was, what was fun about doing the audiobooks books was um, up to that point. um I, I guess I wasn't as quite the articulate speaker that I am now. I kind of was a little bit mushy mouthed when I talked, and it didn't really dawn on me because how often do you sit and record your voice and play it back to yourself, notwithstanding those of us who, who do podcasts? Right, right. <laughs> a lot. quite a bit. Well, doing the audiobooks, you're forced to get acquainted with your voice immediately. And. Ooh since the way we we sound to ourselves when we're not wearing a set of cans is informed by the bones in our ears you usually sound to yourself a lot deeper than you are Then you hear your voice coming through a microphone and you're like oh my gosh is that what i sound like oh, right. i sound like a prepubescent child this is terrible <laughs> <laughs> but it, it helped knock all those butterflies down and help them to uh fly in a in a, in formation as it were and the, the added benefit of doing so much accent work and doing so much character work because um, typically the way an audiobook is done is you have one person and they're reading both the female and the male POV and they're doing all the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. So if it's a guy, he's pitching his voice up and down and up and down, same thing for a girl. Well, we were getting a lot of call for duet narration where usually for like a romance novel, you'll have one chapter, it's the girl's point of view, one chapter, it's the guy's um but instead of reading say my wife is reading her point of view instead of reading all the guys lines she would leave just a gap in the audio there and i would come back in and fill in all those lines and vice versa and so it becomes more like a radio play and like once our names got out there people started really really seeking us out to the point where by the grace of god we don't even have to audition for things anymore they just they just come which is like that's what everybody hopes to get right, Right. yeah yeah um but because of just all that repetition that being forced to hear myself over and over and go oh i can do better i can do better there i can do better on that um it made it so that when i finally how got, how do you an stop
3: agent, yourself from saying all right that's good that's, enough
0: dude oh man i so I have a rule of three rule nah, three
3: um, i gotta get to that because i sit there and i'll do uh, try to record a commercial and i'll fucking 800 times sitting there oh yeah my, you do my, like my 20 voices. takes yeah, oh, I'm just like yeah. my voice is not in the right spot or I went up down there over there and how do you just tell yourself enough?
0: So first thing I'll tell you is given that you're you're so scrutinous with yourself, there's a very very high likelihood that your worst is probably 80% of people out there's best. So like know that going right into it. Um, and you have to set a hard limit for yourself. Even if you come back to it like an hour later and give it one more shot, you have to have a a hard limit for the first go around. So when I'm doing a a book and I'm coming back in just to do the fill-ins, maybe the line is, um, um, who told you you could walk in here? And I'll go, all right, who told you you could walk in here? Hey, who told you you could walk in here? Once I get to that third one, I just stop the recording and that's it. But I'll give myself if like if it's absolutely just painful and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have I have one for the hat. So I get a max of four, three main takes. So and usually it's the second take is the one that I that I end up going with.
3: It must be nice to have that partner to bounce things off of, too, and be like, hey, check this out. My my wife after a while is just like, all right, you're screaming another (laughs) screaming commercial, huh? I'm Like, oh, yeah, babe.
0: Dude, it's. It's tough because I was I was exactly doing the same exact thing that you were doing. Um back when I was still living in Nashville, I did a lot of on-camera auditions. And it'd be for like small parts in the show, Nashville, um, or smaller series that uh Lionsgate was working on. Cause when I moved out to Nashville, this would have been like 2014. And Lionsgate was just setting up a location out there. And so I was like, Well, I'll beat the crowds out here and I'll I'll get you know hit on hit on the ground running on all cylinders and what hopefully is going to be the next tinsel town. So there was a lot of really small roles that were coming. Um, Audition for a Burt Reynolds film that I made it to the second round of auditions for, but then he ended up getting sick and passed away, unfortunately. So we never got to make the film. Um, And even when I would do those auditions, if I was recording myself, I would do like 25, 27 takes. (laughs) And I'd go with like the first or the second one that I did. (laughs) and i would just feel like a lunatic the whole time because you you start making adjustments where none are needed it's like oh Oh, yeah absolutely It's like you're Uh, like oh i was slow on the end let's speed that up now i'm too quick on the front i gotta slow it down now
3: you you sound exactly like what's going on in my head i sit there and i (sighs) myself up for hours
0: (laughs) you also gotta have like a like an internal reward system for yourself so like mine is um if i can if i if i don't psych myself up and wind myself up like i am a a coffee freak i love coffee
1: yeah
0: so my reward is hey if if i can stick it to playing within those three takes one for the hat if i absolutely have to and i can maintain that i'm going to reward myself with like a nice dark roast a little bit of like like full fat cream inside there and just (laughs) indulge in that and like it sounds dumb um, but if, if you set up like that little reward system for yourself, or maybe it's like, Hey, I want to go outside and have a smoke or, you know what, I'm going to pack yeah. a little extra inside that, that next bowl that you, you know, you want to, you want to puff on like yeah. some sort of reward. So long as you follow through with that reward, cause like our, our minds are good at protecting us. And if we don't oh, yeah. reward ourselves for that job, well done the next time around, we go to negotiate with ourselves. We're like you didn't follow through last time
2: <laughs> yeah you backed out yeah no, you know no, no. will keep you, you out of the bargain yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you find you somebody
2: up, else to argue with tonight
0: yeah, exactly <laughs> and then you end up just way less likely to follow through right so that that's what i do i, I have my little reward system and even if i do it really terribly so long as i like, complete what i'm trying to do always got to have the reward
3: it does not sound like a bad idea good yeah. distraction to to break yeah, it up yeah. even if i do go back and i'm like all right you know let's
2: try uh, this yeah, it was more actually time. that was a great that was a great question jeremy because you know as you know jeff and i do some indie voice acting with some of the stuff that we're doing um and i find myself doing the same thing it's like i usually find that the first or second take was the right one even though i did 35 of them each <laughs> line the first or second, it's because it's almost like that natural, it's the
3: natural emotion when
1: How you're long doing did it take to read
3: that book, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> 35 takes each line. How long did it take uh, to read You're breaking
2: book? up. You're like a robot.
1: What's going on? Oh, am I? Uh n- No, book? you're not. It's Ben.
3: Oh, Ben's breaking it's up. It's me? Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, well, no, you sound that, fine, though. Yeah, you, you sound yeah, you okay, sound but fine. you're getting like all spotty choppy i was saying how many uh
3: how long did it take to read the book if it took 35 takes a line
0: (laughs) still working on it
3: (laughs) yeah i'm still working on it wait
2: a minute wait a minute i wrote the book i don't want to read it
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you that that could be such a crippling thing because like I'm, i'm an absolute perfectionist and for that first bit there um i was talking about you get acquainted with your voice i'm listening to myself and i'm going wow i'm, I'm either going way too fast here or i'm i'm chewing the scenery you know i'm pulling an al pacino and just everything coming out is so overpronounced. and my <laughs> wife was like baby you're you're good at this you were made to do this you just you need to relax like just calm down and relax and so she encouraged me you know why don't you just crack a beer and take that into the room with you and just you know sip on that beer while you're recording i was like all right fine Took a tall boy in there and I'm just sipping away on it. And I got maybe a page and a half in. And then it, it just kind of like everything just sort of clicked. And I was like, you know what? I am made for this. All I'm doing right now is essentially I'm talking to one person. Because that's all who's listening to an audiobook. I'm talking to one person. So I was like, right. I'll tell one person a story. And then that like as soon as that I made that connection, it oh, was like oh. Nice. This is so much easier now. Cause now I'm not sitting here like narrating to an audience. And then he walked in the room, pulled his pistol and fired. It's like, dude, then this guy walked into the room, yanks his gun and blasts away. And it, you could hear the change in the audio too. Um, I I very rarely will read reviews on audible. Cause usually by and large, they're just very condemning and terrible, (laughs) but I thought, you know what? I'll, I'll go back and look at maybe like the first book I ever did with my wife. Um, which was a series, it's called the Dollar Series by Pepper Winters. It's a, a dark romance series, so it is it, a lot of brutality in it. There's a lot of death. It's like if you took the, uh, the romantic side of Kill Bill and made that way more of a factor, but also punched the violence up tenfold, kind of like that
3: romantic side to Kill Bill. Well,
0: <laughs> I guess in the past life bit. aspect, yeah. of it. enough to yeah. make uh to BB the little girl, um, <laughs> but. I went back and I checked the reviews on that and people were like, you know, this, this guy is good. It's, it's all right. We're, you know, I'm enjoying the character. He reads very well. So I went, we, I think there was six or seven books in that series. I went to number four and looked at that reviews and the reviews were so vastly different. It was like, Oh my gosh, I was spellbound by his voice. It felt like he was talking just to me. Uh, his accent work was great. His timing was impeccable. His, the, the humor he injected. Cause I'll let myself laugh when I'm reading too. Cause I feel like it adds to it. If there's something funny, it was such a stark difference. I thought, okay, well somehow I've, I've bottled lightning there. I'm going to hang on to that and hopefully be able to apply that to anime when it gets there eventually.
3: Right. Oh dude, that that your, your wife, I think has a good point. Like just talking to us, the way you can go from an excited voice or down to this low, like kind of like calming. You've got the technique. You've got something (laughs) going on there.
0: I appreciate that, man. It, uh, it's definitely come with a lot of practice, but uh, the, the big thing that everybody always asks when it comes to, you know, when you're doing anime, it's all about doing funny voices, right? Because uh, that's what that's originally what I had thought when I was back in college, sitting there listening to Steve Bloom give the most amazing, amazing performance ever. I'm like, yeah, it's it's just about being able to do a hey, I got the old prospector voice or yeah, I got the big brother voice. or I got the big bruiser voice, something like that. Uh, but what it really comes down to is selling yourself just on your own voice, your own personality. And you let that shine through as much as you can when you're doing your recordings. And so to to sort of add on to the, the first question, after we've been doing audiobooks for a while there, we were a part of an agency into the Dallas-Fort uh, Worth area. I sat down with the agent we we're signing all the papers and she goes hey you heard of funimation you heard of anime i said yeah actually um my wife and i were fans um a friend of ours recommended that we come on down here and check out the scene she said okay well great we do a lot of um, work with them so you'll be seeing some auditions come your way um there was a few directors in the area that were teaching some classes and so i thought well i might as well go on down there that way i can get in front of some people Because so i've been doing audiobook work now okay. for a couple years i thought Mm-hmm. maybe they'll hear something that I've been able to fine tune up to this point and they'll take me on. Um, and having had all that time acquainted with my voice, being able to modulate it up and bring it back down. I walked inside there and just from doing the audio books, it wasn't about me reading like a prospector for eight hours. It was about me reading like Eric for eight hours. Right. And that was the first thing. The, the first class we had was with a gentleman named Joel McDonald. Awesome dude. He walked in and his class was all about the audition process. And he walks in and says, All right, um, how many of you here have done voiceover before? And two of us raised our hands. He goes, All right, how many of you have ever done uh any acting work behind a camera? One of us raised my hand, uh, and he says, Okay, um, what what book do they roll? And I said, Well, I, I was natural. He says, Exactly that, you know, you, you were natural. He says, Here in anime. I don't care how how um, high you can pitch your voice. I don't care how low you can pitch your voice. This is what I care about is can you be authentic with what you've been given? He's just going to tell you if I'm going to book you for a role, I'm booking you for your voice. I don't need you to do something crazy. I don't need you to go and try and pour all this sauce on. Just give me your voice. hmm and it was like everybody in the room just was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> and that was really all it was. Whenever I went in to go work at Funimation, after, shortly after that class, he ended up booking me for my first uh, role in the show One Piece. And the rest, you know, was history after that. Right. But whenever I came in, um, you you – for for all of us that, that did anime on the regular, your main voice was your, always your go-to, and then the only degree of change you ever did was I'll pitch it up slightly for the best friends, and I'll pitch it down lower for the dad or for the brother. That was it. It was those three areas, and every single actor they've got those three areas that they lean on and that's just the bread and butter. Doesn't have to be off the chart spectrum or way under the spectrum. It's just that tiny bit of change. Hmm. That's pretty
3: cool. What were we talking about? I have no idea, no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, And I just want to back up. Madness, you're absolutely right. The whole thing's about romance. It, I mean, well, the, the
3: bride, it, it, you the know? Bride, know
0: it's, it's...
3: You know, Pussy Wagon or whatever it's called. Yeah,
0: yep. <laughs>
3: like, it's all about romance. It is? Oh, oh
0: yeah. Oh, man, I got to rewrite the novel? <laughs> <laughs> what do they say the two most powerful uh, motivating factors is love and power yeah it's it's yeah. either power or it's romance be okay. okay
2: well we romance.
0: have power we're good yeah that's <laughs> 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 all you that's all you need i'll power you into loving me that's right <laughs> Ooh, phrasing <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh oh,
3: boy at this point when when you now get a script that you're going in for an audition d- do they hand you a script or do they just give you like a, a small piece to read and, yeah. and do you already have the voice in your head what you're already going to be bringing
0: more or less like so the the benefit of having an agent um for for those of us especially in voiceover is that they have our voice sample there and a little demo that we've cut it's usually 60 seconds long sometimes if you're doing like an accent reel it might be two minutes because you're trying to make sure that you get all those different um accents accounted for but they'll the the person that's sending the audition out to you they've already listened to your voiceover demo so they already know that they're gonna like your voice just the way it is Mm -hmm. so usually when i get a piece to read i'm like oh yeah i'm just going with my normal voice unless i see highlighted or in big bold letters hey play around with an accent or we're thinking somebody who's got a voice sort of in this range like they might say oh we're looking for um a big one i see on uh casting sheets is we're looking for um the the mayhem character from those uh, auto insurance commercials yeah we, we want that kind of delivery or we want will arnett those are two that you see a lot <laughs> um and so if i see that then i'm like yeah i'll i'll, I'll mess around with it but usually it's just okay my normal voice and is the character, what is he? Oh, he's he's a jerk. Perfect. I can play a jerk. Oh, he's he's a sweet sensitive guy. Easy, I got that too. Oh, he's he's confused. Well, I guess I can play that. You know, and then you just <laughs> you let uh, you, you let yourself be influenced by the words on the page at that point.
3: So far, what's been the most say rewarding part of all of this?
0: Ooh. For me, the most rewarding part is just being able to do the work and i guess what i mean by that is i always when i was younger you know we're young and we're dumb, we have stars in our eyes i always thought yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get to funimation i'm gonna get to hollywood and then i'm gonna do movies i'm gonna do anime i'm gonna do video games i'm gonna make a billion dollars and i'm just gonna be rich um and my heart was more for like i want to get the dough like i, I want to I make a bunch of money doing this but when I, when I met my wife and the 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 work that I was booking was so few and far in between, where she was hitting it left, right, center, and I felt like this big ball of anxiety nodding up inside because I'm like, I've been doing this now since I was four years old, and she just stepped into the game yesterday, and she's, she's having all the success. It was like, okay, well, why don't I just focus on just doing the craft well, doing it good enough that... Whatever money generated is a byproduct of that. It's a it's a byproduct of me doing what I do so well that somebody wants to say, Hey, I'll pay you for that. Um right. and I guess to add on to that, the most rewarding thing that I ever got to do, I'd say that I still have to do um acting wise, was be um chosen just off an audition. It was uh, I got to audition for My Hero Academia, which is the background Ben's got there. And um I worked with um uh, with, oh shoot, uh, Colleen Clinkettbeard. And an audition had gone out for it. And this is probably two months before I even found out that I booked the role. And usually uh, if an audition goes out because everything is a simul dub now, so they're typically one or two episodes behind the Japanese release and they're releasing every single week. Um, If you don't hear within that first like six to seven days, you didn't book it. Somebody else got it. And two months had gone by, and there was no word. And then suddenly, I'm on vacation. We're visiting my wife's parents, and I get an email saying, "Hey, you're in with Colleen on Monday. Um, be here at this time." And uh, she had approached me in the hall. This is I'm, I'm now. I've been um, working on directing a funimation at this point. I've been uh, helping cast some shows and whatnot. She had approached me in the hall and just kind of one off said, "Hey, you had a fantastic audition." And I had sent in a few for the show. And I said, "Oh." thank you which one she goes all of them and i thought oh well somebody recognized me for for the talent it wasn't the fact that i had a name cuz i was very small fry then it right. was the fact that my talent is what stood out and then getting to do that role and being told hey you get to unleash every single ounce of energy you have inside this literally just go nuts uh, that was the most rewarding thing and you know, you get paid very very little to do anime but the rewarding thing was compounded even further when come to find out uh, in Japan, originally the fan base there, they didn't like Rapa. They thought he was a douchebag. They hated him. <laughs> but after my performance in English came out, because a lot of them will watch the English performances too, yep. everybody fell in love with the way that I did it. And um, suddenly there was all this love for him. Uh, his car- My character was on the cover of New Type magazine that month, yeah. which is like, like a big uh, Tokyo based magazine. It's all anime and video games. And then, because of that, he went on to be one of only two playable characters from uh, that villain group in that season inside the next video game, which was called Once Justice Two. So, like that whole thing has been the most fulfilling, most rewarding thing. Yeah,
2: That's pretty it's, cool. The, the, the Japanese fan base will either give you the highest high or the lowest of low, especially when it yep. comes to their anime. Once it's spun from, like you said, from the Japanese side over to the English they watch that because it's either he destroyed our favorite character or oh my god I didn't know that character existed and it just
0: goes, 100% oh.
2: and you see it with a ton of ton of the animes like that
0: oh yeah well it's, it's like the fans over here in the states they get so so rabid sometimes because you have like the purists who only mm-hmm. ever want to watch subbed so the fact that they even gripe when somebody gets cast for the dub is a little bit moot because it's like you're not going to watch the dub anyway. So why do you care that J Michael Tatum gets cast as the guy I with glasses had, every time
3: I caught same conversation. I, I did a, a con this past spring. Uh, it, it had a few anime voiceover people and there was people in the crowd that were like, Oh, only subs. And I'm just like, well, why, are,
0: why are you like, here? Why? Yeah. 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 Why are you here? Yeah. yeah it,
3: and, and what?
0: yeah but like you said though it's the fans they can they can really make or break an experience for an actor because like realistically um um saying hi to my buddy john hines there um realistically when you're going to record anime somebody else has already laid the track somebody else has already done the work right. before you all you're doing is you're matching the cadence and the intensity of the line that's it yeah. um and you have to stay within that certain cadence uh because if you're if you're too fast well we gotta slow it down too slow we gotta speed it up so you're really just trying to fit what somebody else already done and in a sense you get to act because you're getting to pour your emotion into it but you're still trying to carbon copy what somebody else has done uh and beyond a few little things here that get sort of lost in translation or maybe they have a slang word that just doesn't equate to something that we would use over here something might get changed um, but people get so incensed about stuff like that. So incensed. It blows my mind. It's worse than Star Wars fans. Oh <laughs> Dude, you are you are not kidding.
3: Oh, I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> it, fandoms are really like, there's great parts to every fandom I, I find. But there's some fandoms that just go so ugh, evil. It's just like, oh, why yeah. are you a fan if you just hate everything?
0: oh yeah and Ain't that the truth? you even run into mm. that like in in theater companies because um, i did theater for a long time before i got really into doing voiceover and you'd see the same like six to eight people in every single play every single production over and over and over and like that was them that was what they did they were part of the theater company and they just wanted to do that but they would be so catty with each other um, to where you'd see relationships just totally f- fall apart. Offset, oh, they could they could put put on that that um, air about themselves when they had to act out right. the scene. Soon as they're off stage, just no communication. Everybody treating each other like they got a chip on their shoulder and they're just daring you to knock it off. <laughs> and it, it's a, it's wild that it it translates over not just from theater, but then when you get into professional like Funimation, what it was and it's now Crunchyroll, is little more than a very glorified theater department Mm -hmm. that's really what it boils down to you have the same directors over and over and over you have the same clutch of like 200 revolving door actors usually there's about 30 or 40 of them that you hear in every single show over and over and over um and for a lot of people when you reach that point the love that you had for it is just dead right you're just punching your time card Oh, who am I playing today? Oh, great! Uh, another teenager and cool. He likes boobs and oh, he's misunderstood. Well, perfect. Let me, let me reach back into my my bag of characters I've played for the last ten years and pull that guy back on out. And then the next show, oh, uh, he's uh, he's big and broody, oh, and he has a secret weapon. Great, I'll I'll pull that guy from last season of Blood Blockade. You know, let's let's do that guy again. Um, but un- unless you're unless you're approaching it from that that place in your heart where you're saying i just i love the craft and i want to do the craft as amazingly as i can Mm -hmm. because it's part of me then all you're ever doing is just checking the box of yep acted for the day yep did the role for the day Mm -hmm. and people hear that you can hear that in a performance so so clearly right right
2: just to have fun with it
1: uh, we covered just a little bit earlier, but uh John's asking, How are you handling daddy duties while composing your career?
0: Man, it is a challenge. Um, my my little guy, like if if I'm off from work, usually that's the day that I get to play defense for my wife so that she can get her recording done and then any editing that she has on top of that. She's also a novelist at the same time, so she like she's got her awesome. fingers in a lot of pies too. Um, and some days we're where I, I know I'm going to have that day off. I'm like, all right, I, I'd love to get this thing done and this thing done and this thing done. And I have this, this tendency to, to want to feel like I've been slighted some way if I never get to it because I've, I've got him all day. But, I uh, I had to dial myself back and recognize, all right, you know, we're, we're a tripod here It's my wife, my son and myself. And, um, you know, I, I get to go out of the house for 40 hours and work outside the house. And she, you know, she's doing the full-time mommy thing plus doing the voiceover every single day. Um, so I think I can I think I can, you know, swallow down whatever pride I have to to really engage with being a dad. And it makes it easier that the little dude is freaking hilarious.
1: Like <laughs> he
0: slays me every single day. Um, and he he's he's got very broken sentences as two-year-olds are given to have, but everything is all-time exciting to him like oh my gosh daddy look at this leaf and like he'll freak out about this leaf for a good two minutes i'm like wow yeah, yeah that's something there kid let me see it And then, oh shoot that, wow that it really is a cool leaf wow there's got red in there and there's blue oh my gosh there's a ladybug right there and then suddenly we're off in the strawberry patch that um, <laughs> that his grandparents have grown and we're just Picking and going right to mouth with strawberries. We're That's coming back great. in hours later, covered in dirt and soaking wet from the sprinkler. But I'm, I I am, I guess with difficulty balancing it all out. But it, it's getting it's getting more more natural.
3: You're in the nice years. You're in the yeah good years. Yep. I, I'm I'm teaching driving now. I'm like, oh my oh. god. Oh uh, yeah.
2: well, see, I got you both beat. I'm teaching. Oh. You're a first time mom. Woo! Well, sucks to be you.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, yeah granddaddy you know, duty.
2: I, you know, I I, I love it. I, I have a blast. Same thing, you know, just seeing their faces. But I thought I saw John. I, He said he was your friend. I thought mm-hmm. I saw somewhere in, in the chat that he said, if you ever have trouble balancing the career, you could just drop him off at his house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I saw that somewhere, John. Yeah, yeah. Just saying. <laughs>
1: Uh, John was also saying, uh, does he hear your voice on the episodes and wondering how it's you? Okay, so funny story there. Um, I got
0: to one of the, the last big things I did shortly before my wife and I, we moved away from uh, Texas. Um, I worked for a company called Starman Studios, and I got the lead role in a movie called A Dog's Courage. Uh, really, really touching film. It's It's got a lot of really high, high moments, a lot of really low, low moments. It was uh, came out of South Korea. Beautifully animated. I played the Lee role inside that. I play a dog who gets abandoned by his owner up on like this, almost like a, like a cliff edge where people just kind of roll up and animals they don't want, they just drop them off. And he ends up befriending this other sort of pack of dogs and they have to make their own way uh, in life. And we put that on. And he, he, when he heard my voice inside there, he was, he was maybe like one and a half then. um. So I, I guarantee you, like he, he was probably not even making memories then, but like his eyes caught, and he was looking around trying to find, trying to find like where, where's Daddy coming from. And then when he realized, oh my gosh, it's the dog on the screen. He was just total rapt attention. He, like he had no idea what he was looking at. But Dad, like,
3: why don't you transform into the dog when you're home? Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> why will not you go fetch the ball when I throw it, Father? It. Come on. <laughs> yeah, one of these days I'll I'll show him some of the other other stuff that I've been in, and hopefully it doesn't <laughs> doesn't freak him out. Too bad. So most <laughs> yeah, of what I what I did um, when, for those who don't know, when you're starting off at a place like Funimation or Crunchyroll, uh, for the first probably year and a half, you're playing uh, Soldier 3A or um, Bad Guy 2B, and you're just dying every episode. Yeah. You're dying. It's like, uh, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah, you you see the pre roll for the scene. It's like, all right, three seconds leading in. Oh, his throat gets cut. Great. Uh, <laughs> right. And then the director's like. Oh, I got three more guys for you to play. Uh, am I dying as all three? Hmm. Okay, great. What's this next one? Oh, I'm crushed to death.
3: Oh, gurgle a little.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, next yeah. one. Oh, my arm is being torn off. Okay, so I get some scream time, oh, yeah. and then I then I'm choked to death at the end. So like, that's all you're doing. So if I if I were to just pick it, like throw it, like line all my all my rolls onto a board here and throw a dart at it, chances are it's going to be like some guy being eviscerated. <laughs> so that could probably lead to a, a couple of nightmares for him
3: it could well you know a lot of us uh geeks and stuff that like me and leo we always we we love comic books and we would die just to be put into a comic book as somebody being killed so like you're living the dream man
2: <laughs> was, you're was being
3: that a killed hint? on screen oh yes was that was that a hint god damn it ben <laughs> uh, uh
1: ignore that i don't want to be killed you don't want to be killed i'd love well, Steve, recurring role you know you know what the rule of thumb
2: with us is you know it's how deep are your pockets it depends on how long you survive in the comic
1: book. <laughs> <laughs> funny
0: mention like being killed off i i am a huge tarantino fan love yep. every tarantino film i've seen i've loved um and i always had this dream if, if i could be if I could be in any film, I would love it to be in a Tarantino film. And I would just love to be a bad guy who gets killed because they always go out in such amazing ways. Like the movie *Inglorious bastards, every dude who gets Ah. his in that movie, Ah. it's like, it's like watching poetry every single time. So I drew, I drew a picture uh, for Tarantino. I'll I'll see if I can find it and I'll I'll email it to you, Ben, if you want to throw it up. But, um, so I did an illustration major back in college and I'd wanted to go to school originally for both illustration and acting, but because they're both studio courses, they require like three or four hours of time, every single class. Ooh. And so my my guiding counselor said, you know there's just aren't enough hours in the day for you to be able to do that. I know you'd love to do this, but you're going to have to pick one or the other. So I said, you know what? I'll, I'll just do, there it is. There it is. That's the one. Oh, wow. So I drew that and that I, sick. I framed it and actually I mailed it to his agent in uh, in Hollywood and I wrote a little handwritten note just saying, you know, how much I enjoyed his, um, his, uh, just the work that he did. And if, you know, if ever I, our, our paths crossed, I would love to be a villain that gets done in, in one of his films. I never heard back. He probably thinks I'm a psycho because I sent him a picture of, of him He's like, the, the wall. He's like, don't
2: tell me to blow my brains out. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant by it, that really. looks like
3: perfect, like from Reservoir Dogs
0: or something. Doesn't
2: like it? There. Yeah. That is beautiful. And, uh, and, and by the way, bravo Leo for pulling that up and finding it so fast.
0: Dude, I was, like, I, I was like, I'm still waiting for my page to load over here. Well done, sir. That, that's pretty slick. That's why we have the Leo. You know? All right,
2: so before everything, stop! Stop! stop. Time out. Thank you, Leo. Yes, we gotta play the commercial.
3: Oh yeah.
1: Well, okay. We're like 17 minutes past where we should have been. (laughs) Keep the lights Uh, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're (laughs) gonna pause for a quick second. I want to remind everybody for our awesome guests. Definitely check the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. And if you're gonna be in, uh, this is Georgia, right? Uh yeah. Yeah, the uh Georgia Pop and Horror Con. You know what? Just check out the commercial. Get ready for the Ultimate Convention Experience. Georgia Pop and Horror Con comes at you August 4th through the 6th, where Comic-Con meets Halloween and anime. This year we've got an amazing lineup of vendors selling unique merchandise and collectibles guaranteed to satisfy your inner fan. But that's not all. We've got a star-studded lineup of celebrity guests, including Vic Mignana. AJ Stone, Michael Hargrove, Don Yeso, Richard John Walters, and the legendary Shuri Curie from The Runaways, and that's not all. Meet your idols, get autographs, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Don't miss out on the event of the year. Get your tickets now for the Georgia Pop and Horror Con, where Comic-Con meets Halloween and anime. You know, I gotta redo that because Jar Jar did a much better voiceover for that, so...
2: Well, that's fine. you got to redo it anyways because there's like seven more guests added to that list. Yeah, <laughs> okay.
3: They actually added another person today, didn't they? I think I saw somebody was added today. Uh, um, from... G-
2: yeah, Gigi Edgley was added.
3: Oh, wow. No, no, no. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, yes, also, but give <laughs> <only> one <laughs> right. second here.
2: All right, you can figure well, that you... out. But we, 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 hey, listen. I'm going back to our guest.
1: Yeah. Wait, well, wait, so... You no, mentioned...
2: There he is. There he is. Over there.
1: Hold on. Hold you, you mentioned illustration. Uh, I see you also do uh, cosplay as well.
0: Yeah, actually. That was uh, what my YouTube channel originally got started around. Um, I, I had created a channel just because I'm like, yeah, you know, you got to have a sign in if you want to watch a video where it says, hey, are you over 18 to watch this video? So you create a channel. And um, I was really getting into there was another youtube channel called backyard effects and they showed you how to do really super cool special effects for movies on a budget so one of the ones i had was like doing like a heart rip out of somebody's chest like indiana jones and the Mm -hmm. temple to doom and it was like that you had this tupperware container under your shirt and you had cornstarch and water with food coloring you had like a potato you carved like a heart but i saw one on there and it was the quick draw gun rig from a taxi i think it's taxi driver with robert de niro Mm-hmm. And it's that one where at the very end of the movie where he clears out that apartment building and then, whoosh, it flies out of his out of his sleeve and bam, he blows the dude away. So I saw that and I was like, I wonder if I could make the hidden blade from Assassin's Creed with that. Mm-hmm. So I used the, the you know, little drawer slide and some springs that I bought from a hardware store and one I pulled off an old screen door and I had an old throwing knife that I bought at a flea market somewhere and made this thing. And one night, uh, I had been, I'd been drinking with my buddies and my, you, you uh, don't say. Say, yeah that. yeah, you don't, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd been drinking with, with my buddies and I had had enough liquid refreshment in me to say, you know what? I'm just going to film a YouTube video and put this up online. Maybe somebody will get a kick out of it because inside my illustration, um, Time at school, we had had to do at one point a how to drawing. And Mm -hmm. so people were doing things like, hey, how to put gas in your car. And everything was illustrated right down to, hey, tapping a couple of drops off in the tank before you put it back inside its little receptacle. And so I had done a whole tutorial on how to make your own hidden blade from Assassin's Creed. So uh, I had my girlfriend at the time film the video. And you can see this, this like empty beer case sitting in the background that we had just polished off. And Mm -hmm. like, I I kept it together throughout the whole video, very, very intelligently and very intelligibly. um, And so we record the video. I just threw it up online. A day later, somebody texts me and they're like, dude, have you seen your YouTube? I said, no, it got like 60,000 hits just in that night that it was up. And I went, what the heck happened here? Well, turns out that one of my friends had seen the video and they had sent the tip to Kotaku and Kotaku did a whole story on me and the fact that I not only made the hidden blade, but included build instructions for everybody. And like in four days, it got 400 something thousand hits, just boom, 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 went off the I'm charts. Sure. Wow. And people were commenting, hey, you should teach us how to make more things from games. We'd love to see you do more. Well, Backyard Effects had also done a video on how to create a suit of Spartan armor from the Halo series, and I thought I would love to do that. So I I watched their little video on it, and it was a neat video, but it was really glossed over very quickly how you're supposed to do everything. And so I'm like, well, how do I install a visor? How do I how do I resin the inside of this thing? How do I do auto body filler? And so every time I couldn't find a video for how to create that part of the suit or that that prop i wanted to i would just film myself once i figured it out i would film a video and i'd say hey here's how i did it you don't got to do it my way but you know try it out and one thing led to another and my channel became all about teaching people how to make spartan armor and different video game props and stuff um and i did that for a while even into uh moving to texas and having been there for a couple of years I, i finally finished the entire build tutorial and did a video for everything on there Um, That's my son running around upstairs right now. Um, But that was what the channel originally started off as. And now it's very heavily into biblical research. Um, I'm a Christian man. I love doing biblical research, but it's mainly because I love answering the really hard questions that people ask about Christianity. Like, um, you know, how is God good if there's cruelty and suffering in the world? And so if you go onto my channel, you find very diametrically opposed ends of the spectrum. You find Spartan armor. (laughs) Uh, you know what's going on with Jesus?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, have you thought about getting back into that uh, with like uh, 3D printing since like the printers are insane now? Like, that you can. Oh, see, I
2: thought you were going a whole different avenue with that. Like, have you ever thought about getting back into that? Because that'd be a pretty cool show that we could put on this network and help you really grow.
1: Two different ends of the spectrum there. See, I, I, you know, I, I, I I'm the dork here. You know, it's, it's you got to think. And I'm the like, business. You know, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm just here. Yeah,
2: yeah, pretty much.
0: I have, I have thought about getting back into it. Um, because now, now I have a son of my own. Actually, uh, so John you can do Ham uh, play Oh, dude. So you, you could probably still find it also on my Facebook page there, Ben, but my wife and I, uh, under, um, one of my photo, um, well, even on the website too, under one of my photo, um, I guess dumps on there. We did a joint cosplay as Master Chief and Cortana from the series, and she looked amazing. Uh, there was a professional photographer there at the convention that we were at, and he goes, Hey, I, can I can I get some photos of you guys here? Like it would be great for my portfolio. Plus, you can have the photos for free at the end. I said, sure, nice. that'd be great. Yeah. Um, and uh, so John Hines actually inside the comment section there. Um, he stumbled across my videos as well, and we became friends on Facebook, and he did a really awesome build of following my tutorials for his son. And his um he did a combination of Iron Man's suit of armor mixed with Master Chief's. Oh, like ooh. it turned out incredible, super yeah. super cool. So there's a very realistic chance that I will get back into it because I have a son now and if I ever take him out trick or treating or something like Oh yeah. I want him decked to the nines. Oh, the
3: mask comes <sighs>
0: Oh yeah, it has some CO two, so every it's other... like venting off smoke. Oh yeah,
3: every kid's like,
0: oh. <laughs> "Your dad That's is so... so cool." Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to now because I I still fit into the suit. Uh, I know that even when you do that, they'll still
3: think you're embarrassing them. <laughs>
0: oh, probably, probably. <laughs> yep, that was uh, the the suit of armor from uh, Halo Five. No, Halo 4, I started I did a whole set of tutorials for the Halo 4 suit of armor and uh, that that was a lot of it was a very, very rewarding, rewarding build because it my YouTube channel, I had gone from maybe having like 400 subs to in the course of I'd say two months, I climbed somewhere around like 10,000 because people were really hungry for just the information and no, I it's
2: a, it's a huge industry
0: oh my gosh is it it's ever insane? And I didn't even know half the names that were out there I mean everybody's heard of Jessica Negri um or Kamui Cosplay everybody knows those those, those um gals because I mean they're, they're gorgeous and they do these really intense builds out of Warbla but I didn't have the money to spend on Warbla and I really loved doing EVA foam and that's those interlocking gym mats because you can yeah. shape them with a heat gun mm-hmm. so I was like well it's Lightweight, it's durable. You can shape it. It, it takes a beating like a champ. Uh, let's see if I can use this. And sure enough, it you could use it. You could paint it easy. So when I would at, when I was doing the tutorials, I thought, well, I'll show them how to build it, and then I'll show them how to distress it, how to paint it, how to use um, like spray-on rubber, how to do Plasti Dip, how to make sure that every single nook and cranny is sealed. So if you're if it gets too hot, you don't melt your seams and have your shoulder explode when you're in the middle of a convention hall. So people yeah, have out the videos like for that. Jack
3: of all trades at this right? point. Like, you, I could imagine you at a con. Like somebody comes over to you to get something signed, and you're just like, "Hold on a second, I got my heat gun right here." Let me. <laughs> you're all better. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're
2: coming apart at the seams. You didn't, you didn't follow the tutorial properly.
0: Thirty means thirty, not me twenty-five. Out on yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> What are we gonna do next time? How we make this better? <laughs> I, I I very likely will get back into it. Um, one one thing I really, really I guess like to say about myself is my business is to create. Um, and I I went through a bit of a cancellation uh, in Dallas uh, a couple of years back, and it's why I now live in New York with my wife and my son. Um, and it was it was painful to go through it because uh, it really. Ended up in the end depriving me of a lot of ability or a lot of chances to be able to act in the capacity that that I really wanted to because I still love the craft. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't really brought myself to sit down and and watch an anime again since it all took place because it was some some cruel intentioned individuals within that world that really sought about bringing my career down. Um, But I still have a love for it. And I still have this, just this need to entertain. Whether I'm making you laugh, smile, wince, cry, throw up, whatever. If I'm eliciting an emotional response out of you for the purposes of entertainment, like my job is done. I am a happy man.
2: Yep. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Very well said there. Thank
0: you. Thank you.
2: So we have about uh, four, four or five minutes left with this amazing guest. So if you guys have any more questions in the chat or if you don't, now. It sucks to be you. Um, well,
1: uh, sure. John, John was asking, uh, whatever happened to your wife's Mark six?
0: So we ended up scrapping it. Unfortunately, it didn't survive the move. Um, we, we had to move a couple of times in Dallas, uh, largely due to gun violence around our apartment building, which was a real big mess, um, but it in didn't survive. Texas? The move. Yeah, really? I know. I know. In Texas. I, you'd okay. never imagine. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. It, I I want to I would love to make her a suit. What I'm probably gonna do though is uh, there was a really really cool build this guy did. So one of the things that people do in cosplay, if you're trying to, if you're building armor specifically, you kind of need a mannequin form of yourself with like your bust proportions, your hips, uh, your legs, just so you can get everything to fit right. Because it's tough to try and measure off yourself and figure it out. So you can either buy a mannequin form or you can do what I did, and that's you get. Like a ratty old turtleneck, a ratty old pair of um, like shorts, and then you cover the entire thing in duct tape, every single part of it. Then you cut that shirt with the duct tape off of you. You duct tape it back together, and then you stuff it full of newspaper. So when it's filled oh. up, it's your body shape. Mm-hmm. So you can you can build your armor, and it's exactly fit well, just dude, you're to you being all smart. Get well, a big see-
3: brain on this guy. He's <laughs> all MacGyver-ish over here. <laughs> For real.
0: Well, I, I learned it from this other guy when I was trying to learn how to do more EVA foam armor. Cause it, it was like, once I discovered that it was like, forget, because the first th- suit I did was made out of cardstock and it's a, a thing called papakura which is essentially like origami on a grand scale. You're cutting and folding and all these little pieces. Then you got to coat it with plastic resin, coat it with auto body filler, sander down, prime it, paint it, the whole nine. This guy was like, here's a better way. Um, And he had done a custom suit of armor. It was Master Chief, but uh, the gal who had it, who had commissioned it from him, she wanted it, uh, she dubbed it Mistress Chief. And she had sent a mannequin form of her body and it was a duct tape mannequin. So he built it exactly to her specs. And what was really cool about the armor was she had like thigh high military boots on that he built for her. She had um, like this more curvy and voluptuous looking uh, upper torso armor. Her shoulder pauldrons were more of like a sexy sleek look, even her forearms, the gauntlets, everything about it, even the cod piece, like everything was really just fit for the female body. So I, what I'd like to do for my wife is sort of something in the, in the same vein, but I want to add like, um, you guys have seen samurai armor where they have sort of like the, the plated segment around the waist. I want to do sort of a similar thing and give her like a mini skirt that she Uh can wear, but make it look like it's like an armored mini skirt. Mm -hmm. So someday I'll probably, probably will.
2: Honey, can you put on the Mark six tonight?
0: (laughs) 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 I'll, I'll, I'll dim the lights and put on that album. You love. And we just became a family of four. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I
2: had to go somewhere. Yeah, that'll, that'll you be know the story I'm telling
0: him. 16 years old. So, do you want to hear about the night? So we just finished this crazy multiplayer match. I was still mad because John dropped the ball like six times in a row and walks your mother, head to toe, mistress chief, mark six. It was over. I was
1: was done (laughs) it was over (laughs) yep so uh do you find time to game with with everything going on
0: i do on occasion i have uh i i don't quite have time for like the really super involved storylines like uh one i'd love to play is that hogwarts legacy because like right the world's amazing (laughs) so It's nuts! Like it's so involved, you can do anything in that game that you know, with related to to that world and that story. So I found myself—I've been going back and playing a lot of retro games. Um, my brother he bought me one of those Super Nintendo Minis, yep. and I found out a way that you can load more titles on there. So now, if I have a few minutes, I'll sit down and play like Arrow Fighters or uh, <laughs> Mario World—something that yeah. doesn't require yeah. an hour's worth yeah. of uh, of investment into it. It's kind of where I'm at with video
3: games. I'm just like, I think either video games got like way too ahead of me or I've slowed down a lot because playing any of the games today, I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. How come all of my buttons? do 18 different things. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, it,
1: it's like and uh, I gotta
3: build potions and I gotta go hunting and I gotta like
0: gather things. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm like forge
0: relationships.
1: Yeah. What do you well, mean
2: I need clay to build Mass a brick?
1: Effect, what? <laughs> what is a
2: straw too?
1: <laughs> well like that uh new Zelda game. I I, I don't oh, have don't too much started I don't have too much time <laughs> to play, but uh you know they uh, added like a, a build uh metric to it now. And Ugh. like you know, I'm glad I, I, I can first I can do simple stuff like build a bridge and stuff like that. But you look on YouTube, you have people building like mech machines and <laughs> oh, robots, yeah. and yeah. somebody yeah. built a working calculator within <laughs> Zelda. It's insane. What? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And we wonder why the
0: actual workforce is depleting. Oh, seriously. I I can't. <laughs> but it looks good on my phone. Yeah. We just lock our brains in the mental prison every single day for eight hours. <laughs> Unreal. So uh, with
2: that being said, is there any last questions from our, our gentlemen up here?
3: Jaja. I'm all set. If you guys want to uh, go to rapping.
1: No, Leo's going to ask his
3: every question. Oh yes. For the show.
1: Well, it's I a, think we pretty much covered it, but I, I will ask it regardless. Uh, so, to. yeah. So, so you're, you're multi-talented, uh, you know, a very creative individual. And obviously very little downtime. But, uh, you know, what is something that you dork out about? You know, like we've had people on that like dork out about, you know, uh, the history of like sunken vessels and uh, or have like a a record collection or something like that. What is something you dork out about?
0: I dork out about running down the documentary rabbit hole on like secret societies like Illuminati, the Freemasons, Skull and Bones. Dude, (laughs) I geek out so hard for that. (laughs) Like my wife, she'll, we'll be sitting there because she does a lot of crocheting. So she's working on a birthday present for one of her cousins right now. So end of the night, I I might be like doing something on my computer, working on the next uh, video editing. And she's like, hey, you want to, you want to go down the rabbit hole? I'm like, we're talking about a documentary, right? Oh, yeah, a documentary? Yeah, actually, put it on. Is it Nazis this time? Yep. Nazis in the Skull and Bones? I am in, baby. I am in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome. Uh, is there a documentary you'd recommend starting with?
0: Oh, man. Uh, there's actually a fantastic channel I just found. Uh, it's not so much a documentary as, it, as it's... Um... Well, hold on. No, it is. It is a documentary. There's one done by uh, Fourth Watch Films. And it is called the Hollow Earth Chronicles. Um Ooh. Ooh. I don't know if you guys have seen the I've most... heard
3: of Hollow Earth before, yeah.
0: Dude, I don't know if you guys have seen the more the most recent uh Godzilla film with Godzilla and King Kong where like they go into the earth yep. and they find all these portals to transport anywhere. They do a really, really cool series. I think they're working on number two. They, they plan it for four, I believe. Um, that's a really wild documentary because they get into the Bible. They get into the book of Enoch. They get into like some of the old apocryphal texts where they talk about monsters coming up out of the deep. They talk about like the earth cracking apart and the fountains breaking open and like these giant beasts that existed. It's a wild documentary.
1: Very cool. I'll check check it out. out. Yeah. Uh, Do you watch the Y files on uh, YouTube? (laughs) I've stumbled across them. I haven't
0: watched them okay. religiously, but I've seen like a couple of them.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I've I've gone down a rabbit hole on his stuff. It's, it's really good stuff. Uh, Leo loves it, rabbit holes.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I do too. They taste so yummy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that needs to be a commercial now, along with that awesome zombie coffee commercial. Commercial for rabbit holes. <laughs>
2: they taste yummy.
1: Well, on that note, we will wrap things up. I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. Uh, You know me. Just Google me. You'll find a bunch of stuff. Could be true. Could be not. But I run a dorkening podcast network. Head on over to thedorkening.com. You can learn more about it there. And I do a bunch of other shows throughout the week. Matter of fact, we're going to be doing another one in about 45 minutes. And uh, with that, Eric, where do you like people interacting with you on social? So uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh,
0: My handle is at Eric Rolon, E-R-I-C-R-O-L-O-N. I I get a little, I get some hot takes every now and then on there, but typically I try and keep it pretty tame. It's mainly a place where I can post links to my YouTube channel, which is Angel Legend. It's one word, A-N-G-E-L-E-G-E-N-D. As I say, you can go there and find two things. If you scroll all the way to the bottom, you'll find Halo Armor. If you scroll to the top, you'll find me getting into the pain about what's old Yahweh up to. Uh, But that's where you can find me easiest
1: very cool and we have all that in the show notes jar jar hey i'm jar jar jeremy
3: you can see me on splash pages on tuesday on either facebook or youtube or wherever else you find podcasts (laughs) um then there's the midweek geeks which is coming up tonight at nine o'clock and uh oh go check out comic book lovers buy sell trade and auction house over on facebook and you can buy sell trade and auction your Geek stuff off with 20,000 plus other geeks.
1: Awesome. Benjamin. Yeah. Okay. So uh,
2: stilltoking.com is where you can find out about us. uh, You know, talking with the dead on Facebook But I'd just say, go to stilltalking.com. You can see everything you want to know about what Jeff and I have up our sleeves, what we're into, where we're going to be. Speaking of, we're going to be in St. Albans, Vermont, this upcoming weekend for Real City Fan Fest. So if you're up in that area, come by, say hi. You know, best way to meet people like us, like Eric, get off the couch, go to an event. Speaking of, before we let Eric go, do you have any events coming up that you want to pitch?
0: Uh nothing presently, but uh nothing presently. Everything entertainment world is always subject to change at the drop of a hat. So maybe right. tomorrow I will. Who knows? Right.
2: So, but check out the show notes up above or down below. Follow Eric, go meet him at an event, get a signature or six hundred. Um, but yeah, <laughs> to all our veterans and first responders, we want to thank you for doing what you do so people like us can do what we do. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. We're out of here Bye. <laughs> Yeah! yeah.